Hi Christchurch! Sunday the 9th of October marks the beginning of Prisons Week, and so I thought it would be a good time to tell you a little bit of
just uh, a little uh, explanation about this service. Um, it, we're marking Prisons Week this week. Uh, Prisons Week is normally in the middle of October, but uh, for various reasons we weren't able to mark it at that point. So we're, we're going to uh, mark Prisons Week uh, today. Um, and uh, particularly the reason being that Rachel Farnham sent us a video or sent me a video a little while ago to show you and um, I was trying to find a particular time in which it felt appropriate to show the video so this is the, an appropriate time I think to, to show it to you and basically you'll see the video later on uh, where Rachel explains her work as a prison chaplain um, and then I'm going to do a little sermon before it so that's the sermon slot today is a slightly different uh, to normal uh, next Sunday is Remembrance Sunday, of course, uh, and uh, we'll mark that particularly at the 10.45, uh, but uh, Eleanor, I think, is planning to re- uh, remember or mark the uh, fact it's Remembrance Sunday also at the 9 o'clock next Sunday. So, um, yeah, that's, that's next week. The, the 10.45 is, is the major celebration of that or remembrance of that. So let's just be quiet for a moment and then we'll stand to sing our first hymn. Father, thank you that we are in your presence. Thank you that we can gather to worship you. Thank you for each other. In Jesus' name, amen. We'd like to stand and sing our first hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine.
Do have a seat. And so we've got a few opening sentences before we pray the prayer preparation, if you'd say the words in bold type. God of justice, God of grace, set us free today. Lord of the rich and Lord of the poor, open our lives to your grace. Spirit of love, spirit of truth, fill up our hearts with praise. And so we pray together the prayer of preparation. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. So we come before God to confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. We're going to use Confession G from page 21, together saying, God, our Father, long-suffering, full of grace and truth, you create us from nothing and give us life. You give your faithful people new life in the water of baptism. You do not turn your face from us, nor cast us aside. We confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbour. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. Restore us for the sake of your Son and bring us to heavenly joy in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we stand to sing our next song, I will offer up my life in spirit and truth. Let's stand to sing together.
And so do we see that Anno is going to bring us our Bible reading. The reading this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. We start at verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, Have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as I said, uh, in a moment we're going to watch uh, a video that Rachel Farnham has sent to us to to see where she explains her role as a prison chaplain. Uh, She's in a high-security prison in Durham. I think pretty much everybody here uh, remembers Rachel well. Uh, If you don't, um, Rachel was a curate here until the summer last last year. Uh, It'll be good to hear what she says so that we can pray more effectively for her as well. Uh, but before we do that, I'm just going to deliver a very short Bible talk on that reading that Oz has just read from Luke 17, 11 to 19, as that is a passage that was set for Prisoners Week this year. To the modern man or woman, having heard it used in books and films and in computer games, the mention of Armageddon arouses thoughts of the final battle, the final battle of judgment at the end of the world or the end of time. The Valley of Armageddon, an historical site of many biblical battles and events, has alternative names such as the Valley of Jezreel or the Valley of Jehoshaphat. At the time of Jesus, due to another uh, exile, Hebrew exile, it was known as the land between Samaria and Galilee. This was in effect no man's land, a place where, despite its fertility, no man or woman lived. For the leper, the disease left him or her in no man's land. No family, no friends, no food, no faith. In contracting leprosy, everything that gave that person dignity was stripped away. 
Living on the border between Samaria and Galilee signified living in a land that was for no man. A person's humanity was stripped away. No wonder the leper, in his or her incurable state, was abandoned to see out their days in that place. The only redemption that the leper, or rather the ten lepers, in the case of the gospel story, experienced was in the person of Jesus Christ, who provided healing, and intrinsic to that healing, restoration to fullness of life. It's often been said that the prisoner is the leper of our times. In their incarceration, the prisoner, man, woman, even perhaps teenager, finds themselves in no man's land, in Armageddon, stripped away from family, stripped away from loved ones, stripped away from work and education. The only thing that remains in their lives, potentially remains in their lives, unlike the lepers of Jesus' day, is their access to faith services, access to a chaplain, the provision of chapel on Sundays and other days, maybe a a visiting volunteer from a local church. These are all ways in which the lepers of our time, the prisoners, can experience the person of Christ and experience that healing and restoration to the fullness of life for which we all long. As the notion of Armageddon transcends time, so does the concept of rejection and redemption. As Christ brought redemption in his own person to the lepers, so this concept of bringing redemption to those most abandoned in our own time transcends time. Redemption for those most abandoned is found in and through Jesus Christ. And the role of the prison chaplain is to bring the light and the healing of Christ into those dark places. So let's hear now what Rachel says. Hi Christchurch! Sunday the 9th of October marks the beginning of Prisons Week and so I thought it would be a good time to tell you a little bit of what I do and ask for your prayers. For those that don't know me, I'm Rachel, a former curate at Christchurch, and I'm now a prison chaplain at HMP Franklin, which is a Category A, meaning high security, men's prison in Durham. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about Prisons Week. It's a multi-denominational event that unites many charities who all want to see a decrease in the human suffering caused by crime and imprisonment for both the offender and the victim. Prisons Week hopes to raise awareness and generate prayer. It also aims to motivate volunteers to step forward and give of their time and gifts, both in prisons and in their own communities. It provides an annual focus and reason for Christians to work together, building capacity and motivation to make a difference for people who are often out of sight and out of mind. So as you hear what I have to say, 
and as I hope you are led to pray for the work of those paid employees and volunteers in prison, perhaps you will hear God call you to do something yourself. Perhaps you wonder what a day might look like for me or other prisons around the country. The position of Anglican prison chaplain is enshrined in law, and it's that every prison should, by statute, have one. However, the role, and specifically its function within a multi-faith team, has evolved dramatically since it started in 1952, much like the role of a normal church has evolved since 1952. There are things that I do that are the same as I might do if I was a parish priest. For instance, I still celebrate communion, and I've had the opportunity to baptise someone. But there are also things that are different, that stand out to the normal parish life. A chaplaincy team has statutory duties which are carried out between them every day. For instance, I might begin my day by visiting the segregation unit, the place where the men are put if it's deemed best for the good order and discipline of the establishment. In this unit, I've had a Muslim read to me about the birth of Jesus from the Quran, and I've had a pagan ask me about why it's so hard to make good choices, and why on earth is it that we've been given free will? Those are some of the high points. I've also heard men calling each other very rude names. Another statutory duty is visiting those who are in healthcare, which often leads to very big questions about what happens after death. I find one of the greatest privileges is being invited into prisoners' thoughts where they would not normally open up to anyone else. I'm allowed to bear the pain that these men are suffering alongside with them. Unlike the mental health or psychology teams, they don't expect me to have magic answers, and they know that I can't prescribe them medication. But I am trusted, and I try to be as Christ-like as I can be. I've heard many stories of trauma and abuse that have led to these men's own poor choices. I've been working on forgiveness with one man who can't bring himself to come into chapel because every time he does, he feels as though God is watching and judging him. He's highly remorseful of what he's done, and yet he can't believe that he could truly be forgiven. I'm sure many of us have sung the lyrics to, to God be the glory, but I wonder how much we are convinced by the line, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Now the fame framework for Anglican prison chaplains describes chaplains as delivering critical care to prisoners in crisis, supporting individuals through loss and bereavement, whether present or historic, and lending a listening ear to those who are struggling. Traplins speak of repentance, forgiveness, and hope. They are called, called to a ministry that can sit at the hard edge of life. They are compassionate, journeying alongside those who are broken, hurting, and lost. And they are courageous, encouraging people to find a new and different path. There is so much more I could say about what I do, the challenges and the joys, but I don't want to take over your service. So I will leave you by asking you to pray specifically for me, that I would have wisdom to know when to talk and when to stay quiet, to know when to challenge and when to leave. And for the prisoners themselves, that they would see the hope that comes from knowing God in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Finally, let me end with the Prisons Week prayer. 
Lord, you offer freedom to all people. We pray for those in prison. Break the bonds of fear and isolation that exist. Support with your love prisoners and their families and friends, prison staff and all who care. Heal those who have been wounded by the actions of others, especially the victims of crime. Help us to forgive one another, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly together with Christ in his strength and in his spirit, now and every day. Amen. Lovely to hear from her, isn't it? Uh, it reminds us <coughs> so much of her ministry with us. So um, if you want her email and you want to write uh, and ask her, uh, you know, or, or just to support her in any way, just come and see me. And I've got her prison chaplain email and you can be in touch with her and ask for more prayer points. That's absolutely fine. Uh, in a moment, Carolyn uh, will be leading us in prayer anyway. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we're going to sing another song and uh, Chris will lead us in that. Uh, it's a song, Beauty for Brokenness. If you know the song, it's got a few, a few verses, so we're going to reduce the number of verses to sing. Uh, so we're gonna, only going to sing verses 1, 2, and 5 uh, as a response also to what we've heard from Rachel. You may want to stay sat as we sing. You may want to stand. That's entirely up to you. But let's sing this song now, shall we?
Karen's going to lead us in prayer. Thank you, Karen. Let us pray. Please pray into the pauses and into the words with the people and the concerns that you have on your hearts. Loving Father, we come before you needing to know you and your love in so many different ways. For your peace, for your healing, for your comfort, for your help. for our families, for our friends, for ourselves, for the people around us and in our nation and in our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Rachel asked us to pray for her, so we will. <clears throat> we thank you for all those who are sharing you and your love in prisons around our country and around the world and in a multitude of circumstances. We thank you, Lord, especially for Rachel Farnham at HMP Franklin, and ask your help for her in the ways that she has requested. That she would know when to talk and when to stay quiet. To know when to challenge and when to leave. And for the prisoners themselves, that they would see the hope that comes from knowing God in Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now the prisons were weak prayer that was mentioned earlier. Lord, you offer freedom to all people. We pray for those in prison. Break the bonds of fear and isolation that exist. Support with your love prisoners and their families and friends, prison staff and all who care. Heal those who have been wounded by the actions of others, especially the victims of crime. 
help us to forgive one another, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly together with Christ in his strength and in his spirit, now and every day. Amen. Thank you, Carolyn, very much indeed. And so we come to the peace. Uh, you'll be used to this custom by now, but uh, we're going to share the peace. And uh, if you'd like to maintain a little bit of social distance around you, the suggestion is you remain seated as the peace happens. Uh, that's, uh, but other than that, please do feel free to uh, go around to share the peace with each other. But So let's stand, shall we? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share the peace with each other. We're going to use Eucharistic prayer E. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son Jesus Christ to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels, praising you and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them, and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again he praised you. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord of all faith, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Do come up as directed by the stewards, uh, and we'll take the bread and the wine from the centre and the, the side tables, and they will be non-alcoholic uh, juice at the table on that side of the church.
body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. The blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. Let's pray for those who can't be with us today. Father, we lift you those who are able to be with us here in church in person maybe watching online, maybe in hospital, at home. Father, we pray your hand will be upon them, that you would bring your healing, your redemption, your light and your life into their lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. And we pray this prayer together following communion. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gates of glory. May we who share the Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to the world. We who the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we sing our final hymn, Appropriately Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound that Saved a Wretch Like Me. Let's stand and sing this amazing hymn together.
And so may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you, keep you now and always. Amen. So we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.
That one, dirty, that one at the corner.